because he shared something a couple of weeks ago that really spoke to my heart. 1 Corinthians 11, down in verse 27. <clears throat> so you can tell Don, Alice, that he missed his chance this morning to really impart something to this church. I feel like it was significant when he said it over there at the meeting the other night. Verse 27, verse, verse, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Everybody knows that one, right? Fear of God comes on you. Do all this praying. <laughs> How many people have done that? I'm not doing that. Because it goes on and says people get weak and fall asleep because they, they, they do this in an unworthy manner. Well, here's what Don Casperson said that I thought was profound. It really spoke to me. He said... He said, uh, this is an example he gave. He said, you ever been in a car? I think this is a, I'm taking liberty with Don's uh, revelation here. You ever been in a car that had a bent rim and the car starts shaking at a, diff at a speed, a certain speed? Or anybody ever had that experience? It starts shaking like crazy. I mean, you either got to really speed up real fast or slow down real slow. Or it'll just flat shake the car into the ground. And, of course, only Don would know something like this. He's real smart. The reason it does that is because the center of the wheel has moved slightly. It's just moved slightly. It's no longer, the wheel's no longer mounted, it's no longer centered on the, on the car. Then he goes and he talked about there was a, a tree of life. Okay? This is powerful. It says, out of the ground, this is in Genesis 2, 2 9, and out of the ground the Lord made every tree that, that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. The tree of life was in the center of the garden. Now, the tree of life is the cross. That's, that's where we get life. It's in the center. But it, says, but it also says, and he said this at the time. I had to go back and re really research it because I'd never really, really seen it. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the, so this, the tree of life was right in the middle of the garden of God. It's in the center. But there was also this other tree there that wasn't quite in the center. It was there near the center. Just like that tire, you know, it just moves a little bit and it messes everything up. What happens is this, is it's easy to get off center. Okay? It is real easy to get off center. Just a little bit. But just a little bit will ruin your life. Just a little bit is ruining people's life because they're not because we have moved just a little bit away from the center of the cross because the cross has to be the center. It has to be, and we move away from it just a little bit. We could get into all these other good things, you know, the tree of knowledge of good. You know, they're good, but they're not the best. It's not a tree of knowledge of best and worst. You know. It's true knowledge of good and evil, good things. And I think sometimes what has happened in our lives is we get these majors on things. And those majors take us away from the center. And our life gets out of balance. And that's what Paul was saying there. It's very clear what he was saying. He was saying, what's the center of your life? What is the center of your life? I mean, ask yourself that question. What is the center of my life? 
It could be a lot of good things. Um, it could be, you know, it could be the anointing. You know, that you really want to really be a real anointed person. Really want to be used by God. It could be, you know, ministry of, you know, a youth ministry or a ministry to older people, whatever. But that's off-center. It's off-center. And Paul was saying this, look at your life. What's in the center of your life? Are you, you know, <laughs> this is the bad one. You may be sitting down there in the center, you know. So, I'll move back here. I'm going to ask you this morning, what's at the center of your life? You got some things going wrong in your life, things out of balance? What is the center? And then, in that meeting was in, uh, somebody, I don't remember if it was Don. I'll give Don the credit for it since he's not here. If I gave somebody else, I might, yeah. He wanted, let's pray for the church, our church, that our church would come to the center. And when he prayed that, I said, Lord, what does that really mean? I want us to be on the center. And I feel like the Lord said, it's the cross. That's what the center is. Take away the cross from the Bible. There's no Bible. There's no Holy Spirit. There's no Pentecost. There's none of that. Everything that we love and hold dear. And I feel like God's saying, if you want to get to the center, get to that, stay at that, and function from there. You hear what I'm saying to you? So I want to ask you this morning this question. I think the Lord's asking you this. What's at the center of your life? What's at the center of your life? Is it the cross? Is it this foolish message? This moron message? This idiot message? That this God would die. Come, I'm going to come down here and I'm going to live like you guys for 33 years. Then I'm going to let these people brutalize me and humiliate me and shame me and kill me. That's what I'm going to do. That's a crazy message. That's a crazy God. He's crazy. He is crazy. Only love can make somebody do something like that. Yet he didn't stay dead. He rose again. I was driving down the road, and I believe God really wants to do this for people. God wants to give people an experience of Him loving on them. I was driving down the road, just happy-go-lucky, speeding down the interstate, thinking, I need to slow down, there's probably a policeman around. And suddenly the presence of the Lord came into the car, and I saw a man, okay? And I saw a wound up in this part of his body. And I said, I feel like the Lord said, I want to draw you up into that bloody place. That's the wound where Jesus was stabbed. And you know, that stab was right up under his heart. That's where they stabbed him. It wasn't way down here like pictures show. It was up here. That's because that's where all that water and stuff, congealed water, whatever, Fred could tell you all the details. I'm not knowing the details. But when they stabbed him, you know, his water and blood came out of it because he'd been dead for a bit and everything was separating and congealing. And But that's where God wants to draw us to. He wants to draw us up in to this wound, up there where his heart is. That's what the cross will do for you. That's the center. It's the Lord's heart. God wants to draw you up there now. Now, what I said to you may not have been, it may not have been the best message in the world, okay? But I'm going to tell you something. What I told you this morning can change your life. I don't care how good it well it was said or how anointed it was said. You can find better people that can preach about the cross much better. But really, ultimately, that doesn't matter. 
how it was preached really doesn't matter. What really matters is there is some inherent power in preaching the cross, in the message of the cross. It can do something to your life this morning. It can change your life this morning. Now, there's a song that I forgot to ask Amy to practice. You know that song? Can you come out here and do that song, Draw Me Into You? You've done it 98 times. You've bound to better do it. Andy, can you play it for her? You know which one I'm talking about? You know, draw me. No. Yeah, who is this? You can do that, can't you, Amy? I was going. I was supposed to tell you the other day, but I was told. I told her, I want you to sing this song, okay? I want you to sing this song, and it's "Draw Me Into You" or whatever it is. I don't know the name of it, <laughs> but I know that's what God wants to do to you. He wants to draw you up into that hole in His sight, to where His heart is beating. Because that heart ain't dead in there. That heart's alive. And He wants to reveal His love to you in a fresh way. And He wants to reveal His power to you. What's the name of the song, honey? Who is this name of the song? So this is what we're going to do. I've already pre-planned all this. (laughs) Okay? You can pre-plan things and be the Lord. Okay? God does do things. He does plan. You know, He's given men the ability to plan. And every once in a while, it didn't always have to be spontaneous. I thought about this and prayed about it. Ask God, is this really you, Lord? I want us to do communion while they sing that song. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I have watched people in this room do communion over several months. I've watched some people just do it, and they don't really, it's like they don't really care what they're doing. Some don't even do it, don't even like they care. But I want you to care this morning. I want you to care that God is saying, do it to remember how much I love you. Just do it for that reason. And ask me to help you get back on the center. I want to pull you up into the center. That's, that's how you get back to the center. He, he draws you into the center. He draws you. Lord, draw us. Draw you. Draw Veronica. Draw Kathy. Draw Mary. Draw them. What good is Christianity without being drawn into the heart of God? What good is doing this without really experiencing Him? What is it? I'm not satisfied with that. I want something real from God. I'm not going to be happy with something that's not real. I am not going to be happy with ritual. I am not going to be happy to come to church every week and not have my life changed. I am not satisfied with that kind of church. Bolt the doors and lock it and burn it down. That's the way I really feel. If that's what it is, I want to be changed. I want to be different. I want tomorrow to look at myself and that boy yesterday is not the same boy. He's different. Not because he's done anything, it's because God has put his hand on him and yanked him into his heart. God put you in the center. You may be way off balance, but he is committed to you. If you'll say yes to him, he will pull you right into his heart. All you got to do is agree with him. Heck, by the time you get the words out of your mouth, he'll be done yanked you there. He wants you to live there. He wants me to live there. The sinner. The foolishness of the message. It's foolish. See what I'm saying? It's crazy. Who could believe God would do that for you? As bad as you guys are, and bad as I am, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. He's already done it.
You hear what I'm saying? That's the message of the cross. You ready? All right, Father, who's going to do the communion? Somebody, we're going to do the communion now. Now remember, we we are really going to be specific with the Lord on this deal. Okay. Okay, Lord, I got all these sins in my life, and you know, I know I'm scared to take it because I might die. Okay, I repent, Lord. I'm sorry I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. Do that. Say, Jesus, draw me into you. Draw me into your heart. Let me see your love. Let me experience your power. And, and believe that it's not just this event right here, right this moment, but maybe tomorrow at work or maybe next week, one day, and when you're doing something around the house, suddenly God steps into the room and says, Oh, gosh, Neil Linker, I just wanted to come and hang around with you today. That's all. I'm not asking you to do that. I just want to be close to you. And you suddenly feel God in the room with you, out there on the tractor or feeding the hogs or whatever you're doing. That God is there saying, I want to be with you because I love you. And I'm not dead no more. I'm alive. That'll change your life. That's what will change your life. That's when He does that. It changes you. It makes you love Him. It makes you want to be around Him. It makes you realize, I don't want to, I want to quit being the old cranky guy I am. I want to be, be with Him. He's wonderful. And while they're getting ready, Lord, I just ask You to do this. God, we're, I'm asking You. God, this, this is what You want us to do. You want us to get back to the cross. You want us to remember and proclaim that you're alive. Remember that you love us. And remember that you're a living God. You're not dead. You're alive, God. God, you're alive in us. You're alive in each one of these people in this room that know you, Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. He wants to come and live in your heart. He wants to be alive in you. If you're backslidden this morning, He wants to wake you up. And say, come to your senses and come back to, to the Father who's standing there looking for you, waiting on you anxiously. He's not mad. He's wanting to bless you and touch you and kiss you and hold on to you. Be there for you. Amen? They're ready. So, come down the center aisle. Go that way. Go that way. Everybody come down the center aisle so they won't be messed up. So go ahead. And whenever you're through, you can do whatever you want to do.